0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. Last Monday, there was no podcast because I was in Ohio with a the couple, their daughter and granddaughter, who are more than just friends, but a beautiful family that God has gifted me with. I don't think I could love them any more than if God had given them to me biologically. I miss them so much now that I'm back home. Originally, it was supposed to only be for a week, but I was convinced, without much enticement, to remain a few extra days. I enjoyed my time and stay with them immensely. If they're listening, my love and thanks to them entirely for allowing our Father to use them to truly give me a vacation and break like I have not had in years. Yes, as much as I used to travel, Mostly it was in ministry, and for those of you that don't know, that is definitely work. My time with this family was sheer joy. My heart is still right there with them in Ohio. So, week before last, I shared with you a few of the quotes and excerpts from the video done by Emmanuel Acho and the guest he interviewed in Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. As I said in the last episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet, racism needs to be talked about in the church much in the same way that this young man was able to discuss it openly and honestly in his videos with no debate, anger, or hatred, just simple conversation. Communication is the key. How important is communication? It's one of the most important aspects of our Christian lives. Why? Because that's what prayer is. It's communicating with God. But we must understand that communication is not just us talking to God or to another person, it's listening and allowing God or the other person to talk back to us. It's hearing what he's saying, what they're saying to us, and understanding what it is that's being spoken. Communication is sharing and exchanging information and knowledge. This is what takes place when we pray. On our part, as humans and Christians, we share words of worship, praise, adoration, and our love for God to him. And yes, even our requests and desires when appropriate and needed. However, we must listen, hear, and understand when God gives us information, knowledge, and wisdom on whatever topic he chooses. We may not always immediately receive a response as to what we've communicated to him, at least not in a way that we might instantly understand, but God always answers. Sharing information with one another in the church and body of Christ is key, If we must communicate with the Father in ways that are totally open and honest, certainly it should be the same with those in the church and body of Christ. The thing about exchanging thoughts in our heart with God is that we can't lie to him. It's not just a matter that we shouldn't, but literally we can't. God knows the heart of man. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Lying to God is more impossible than lying to ourselves. And since we can't lie to him, we know that we shouldn't feel that we need to be in the position to lie to one another. We, the church and body of Christ, need to come to a place spiritually, literally, and figuratively, where we can hold conversations openly honestly, and consistently concerning racism. We need to understand that racism is nothing new and is actually shown and evidenced throughout the word of God. So having said that, what would you say if I said that I believe the entire Bible is based on racism? Now listen, I did not say that the Bible is racist because there's quite a difference between those two words. However, as you read the word of God, you will definitely be able to identify that there were people in the Bible who were racist and not just Haman or the Romans, not just the Ammonites, the Hittites or others. There were people who hated the Jews just because they were Jews, which shows that obviously the reason for such hatred against them was their race. The Jews weren't hated because they were such great warriors. They had to be great warriors because they were so hated. If they had not been so strong and powerful in warfare through God, they would have been annihilated because of the racist nations around them. You could say it's the same for blacks. Black people aren't just hated because they're strong, intelligent, and powerful. We have had to be and must continue to be strong, intelligent, and powerful in order to continue to survive, strive, and grow because of the hatred that that other races have against us. And yes, 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 unequivocally yes, racism is found throughout the entire Bible. However, I believe it's there not because it's to be followed and used as a guideline to spread and justify racism, but it's there so that others will realize how futile and unjustified racism is. It's there so that far-right Christian racists will realize how much God hates racism and what he will do to deliver those who are being oppressed by those racists. I believe is there, outlined, and expounded upon, not for others to abide by the examples of racism, but so that it will be recognized as teachings and lessons against it. As I stand in the office of the prophet, I speak and decree that God will not allow this racism against his black sons and daughters to continue. He will not allow it to continue against any race. God will not and has not ever supported racism. Man was judged according to his soul and character, and so that judgment will continue. The Lord told Abram to leave the home of his father and the land of Ur of the Chaldees. He told him to go to a land of a people of different races. Where does it say races? In the Bible, as well as in dictionaries and other places where definitions are found, the word nations is explained and defined as races or people there are those who would attempt to use the Bible and the account of the building of the tower as an explanation for the division of races that and that God brought about segregation. But remember, it was not about the races or ethnic groups being divided. It was about the languages, the communication that caused each race and ethnic group to go their separate ways. Even before the account of the tower in the Bible that is often referred to as the Tower of Babel, there were different races, ethnic groups who all lived together and spoke the same language. Genesis 11 and 1 reads, now the whole world had one language and a common speech. It was due to the removal of communication that brought about the separation through which the false and imagined superiority, mistrust, and even hatred toward other races and ethnic groups developed. In actuality, before the confusion of the language, the people of that time were all with one accord, much the same way as is stated in the King James and other versions from Acts 2 and 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord, meaning one mind or one passion in one place. Remember in Genesis when God said that the people were one? In the Amplified Classic version of the Bible, Genesis eleven six reads, and the Lord said, behold, they are one people And they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And now nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible for them. At that time, all the people worked with the same purpose in mind, with common goals and intents. They weren't divided by their color or races because their different colors and races had no impact on their objectives. When God separated them, it was by confusing their language, not their races. Going back to Acts 2 and 1, remember that the Holy Ghost didn't come until they were with one accord. The people in Genesis who were building the tower were with one accord one mind, and one purpose. There's a move of God that will never happen in the body of Christ until we are all truly with one accord, one mind, one heart, one spirit, and one purpose. And that purpose will to be to glorify the Father. There's a separation among Christians that God never intended ordained, but was initiated by pride, hatred, and a false sense of superiority. Now those all sound like the attributes of Satan and the very things that got him thrown out of heaven and the presence of God. These are the same character traits and attributes that are getting Christians thrown out of his presence as well. But surely many will say, but I'm in church every Sunday and Bible study too. In the book of Esther, chapter four, thirteen, it reads, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape as I read this passage of scripture over and over during the past weeks, the Holy Ghost ministered to me that there are so many that think like Esther. They believe that because they're in the house of the king, the king of kings, that they'll do just fine. They think that because they're in church every Sunday, that they're in a place of safety. It took Esther's uncle Mordecai to remind her that her safety was not in the physical place where she was, but more or less in her obedience to her call. As the DRA Bible reads, and who knoweth whether thou art not therefore come to the kingdom, that thou mightest be ready in such a time as this. Christians are not ready to come forth as they need to in this time of racism in the body of Christ. It needs to be understood that being in the church where you are means absolutely nothing if we are not in the presence and the will of our Father God. In fact, if Christians continue to keep quiet concerning the racism that's occurring at this time, It's them that will end up being destroyed. Esther 4.14 in the NIV reads, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. It's the very ones who are in the churches Those who are seeing what's occurring against people, against other Christians and human beings as well, but yet refuse to speak out against it, it will be them who will perish. This is not the time for Christians in the church and body of Christ to choose to be silent on racism. Let's go to that exact verse where God told Abram to leave his father's house. Genesis 12, verse one through two reads in the New International Version. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country and away from your relatives and from your father's house and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. You will be a blessing. Again, we see the word nation literally meaning a great race which became the Jewish people. As was discussed earlier, there was a separation of people, races, and cultures that came about because of the difference in the languages. Even today, various races feel superior to others because of their language. They feel that they speak better, more acceptable, and more eloquently than other races. Racist people will tell those with accents to learn to speak English or go back to their own countries. Native American children were taken from their parents and homelands in order to prevent them from learning to speak and continue their cultural languages. Even right here in Louisiana, with the Acadian French, that language was nearly lost because it was frowned upon by whites. I've been told firsthand stories of white teachers who went into those areas here in Louisiana and would hit and beat the children for speaking their Acadian French language. In Canada, I was hosted by a white French Canadian pastor who told me how his white co-workers would tell him to speak white. As a child and even as a young adult, I used to consider it a compliment when whites would tell me that I spoke so well. I didn't realize that what they were actually saying was that I spoke in a way that they approved and that I didn't sound black. As far as accents in different languages personally, I don't think I've ever heard anything so beautiful as hearing someone speak with what's referred to as an accent that identifies their heritage. It was never the will of God that after he confused the languages for the hatred and racism to rise up in the way that it has. However, under the new covenant, Jesus did away with racism, sexism and separation thinking to the woman at the well, who was also a Samaritan. He dealt with the Pharisees when it came to what was clean and unclean, because they fell so above everyone else because of their positions. He ate with tax collectors, Zacchaeus and others, even to Simon of Cyrene, a black man who helped Jesus carry his cross. Jesus used all of these ways and means to do away with racism and prejudice because it was never our Father's will. On the day of Pentecost, the people were perplexed and said that those in the upper room were drunk because they heard the wonders of God being declared, each in his own language. On that day and at that time, there was no longer a language barrier because all nationalities heard God's work being proclaimed. Race was never supposed to be an issue in the kingdom of God, but only became so after the means of communication was confounded. Am I blaming God? Of course not. Let me explain. Man's communication with God had stopped before God confounded the languages. If it had not, they would have known not to build that tower. Therefore, what obviously occurred was that when man stopped communicating with God, and then when they were no longer able to communicate with one another, it was at that time that the enemy began to communicate with them to fill them with hatred, racism, prejudice, and mistrust towards one another. However, today there is no language barrier. There's no reason or excuse for us not to be able to understand and talk among ourselves in the church and body of Christ. Yet, there is still a refusal with Christians to communicate, to talk about, and converse with one another on this continuing issue of racism. What was never an issue or matter of concern at one point in the Bible has now become the main source of contention among Christians where one race not only feels is better than other races, but are willing to fight and kill in order for their race to be the superior one while suppressing others who are not of their color. That is just not scriptural. Where there was once no communication, now with all the means of conveyances available, there is still no desire to sit and talk concerning the problems and controversy over racism and racist in the church. Again, I am speaking the words to every Christian who will hear this podcast, what Mordecai said to Esther in chapter 414, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. Let me say that for those who choose to remain silent in the body of Christ, no matter what the reason, unless God has specifically told you to remain silent, you must be willing to speak up and not be afraid to do so. We all know that there are pastors who will immediately say and have already said that God has spoken to them to remain silent on this matter. For their sakes and for the sakes of their congregations, I can only pray that they have truly heard from God. For the most part, those who are refusing to speak are not speaking up because God has told them not to, but because of the finances that they're afraid of losing. For those who refuse to stand up and speak on behalf of the oppressed, as Mordecai said to Esther, God will certainly deal with them and their families, and yet he will most certainly deliver those who are walking according to his will and are being oppressed. Selah, as for me personally, I will not be afraid to speak up and speak out, and if I perish, I perish, but I will not be silent. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amieagle at charter.net. That's a m i T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support and may God bless each and every one of you.